Cool. We reached visualist at gmail.com, iTunes, Twitter, SoundCloud, Outlets. I do also have the Instagram account. I have not posted anything on it. It's um, just empty, yeah? Yeah, I uh, believe so. I don't know what I would post. I guess wow. I, could, I could take, if I were quicker on the draw, some people are really good at like getting their camera out to, to snap or get video of, of interesting stuff that happens. Right. Like I could take video of like the trifling in New York NYC moments that I come across mm. and, and maybe put that up. Yeah, um, speak, that would be good. Speaking of which, let's, let's get right into it. Um, our, our favorite segment universally acclaimed and i do mean that literally throughout the universe <laughs> this goes <laughs> actually shit, i was gonna say this is broadcast to the universe because old broadcast signals were do actually go out into the rest of the universe at um i don't know what speed exactly it's not not the speed of sound but i don't know the speed speed of broadcast waves mm -hmm. but that's, is, that's what i was thinking this is all internet I, I don't it's not putting out there like that the, we would have to get it some deal with a radio station and have them but anyway <laughs> going off. right I'm right on not. right on top of that right on top of that rose yeah exactly Let's do it um, so this my my incident happened a couple weeks ago and it's growing uh i think uh i'm starting to build up a a repertoire here of specific um, trifling in New York moments that revolve around bumping into people in the street. Okay. Be surprised by their reactions. Um, maybe not not getting the the reaction that I want or expect from them. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, at this point, this is I'm referencing um, a really early trifling in NYC where. I met some tourists, some Italian tourists, and they asked me for directions, and then I, I bumped into them a few minutes later, and then they, they totally acted like they didn't know me. <laughs> some might say that they actually just didn't see, didn't see me or recognize me, and they wasn't them purposely ignoring me um, uh, like to try to get at me. Like Some, some might say that's all in my head, um, this thing where they think they're too good for me, even though I did help them out. and. I mean, <laughs> did they look at you the second time? I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, so you, you, you didn't like wave at them? You smiled? I think tried I to make eye contact? I tried to make it, yes, a smile, eye contact. I'm not going to stop them and be like, hey, guys, remember me? Right. Actually, no need for that. I may have said that or something mm. similar. And then just kept walking. No, I'm trying to be better about <laughs> putting, my, putting myself in other people's shoes. So if I'm to do that now, I could maybe say that, you know, New York, there's a lot of people. Where I live, there's a lot of people around. Right. They just don't. They just literally just met me a few seconds ago. There's no need for them to really remember what I look like. And they just didn't remember. Yeah. That's true. Well, they anyway. just didn't notice you. In this case, the person definitely did notice me and definitely knows who I am. So anyway, I was coming home from work. Um, you know, I talked, I talked many times about my appreciation of the bar at Beverly's. Um, 
my as bar in the lower east side. It's my favorite bar. Um, and uh, I, you know, I've gotten to know several of the bartenders there uh, over the years. Uh, so I was I was crossing. I was cro- where was I? I was crossing Grand Street in Allen, uh-huh. heading back home, and I crossed paths with one of the bartenders there. Um, I, I, okay, I don't know her name. Okay, but so, you recognize each other. You should. Yes, yes, definitely recognize each other. Um, this is the bartender. I don't know if I ever told you this, but <clears throat> it was. Uh, I was in there with uh, with our, our mutual friend, and we. Uh, it was kind of a slow Saturday. It's probably around. It was early. It was like maybe like six o'clock or something, and things were pretty slow. So this bartender actually let me DJ from my iPhone for. Um, let's say a solid, solid hour. Oh, so I think I do remember you saying that. I was pretty excited about it. I probably did tell you. Um, so yeah, so I played, um, played some newer music. Uh, what this? this guy, everything's recorded. Some St. John, some French Montana. Um, mm. Yeah, I was getting there's some head bopping going on. There was probably okay. like ten people there at the time. Anyway, so this is that bartender <laughs> that I crossed paths with on Grand Street, and so I assumed that there would be a little bit of a stop and chat. Um, shout out to Larry David, curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> not typically down with the stop and chat, and no. she was apparently not down with the stop and chat either. And that so. That's, that's when the, there was a record skip. That was the record skip moment. And I don't know. I was just a little surprised. She just kept on walking. She gave me a smile, a little wave, and then kept kept on walking. She didn't seem to be in a hurry. <laughs> what did you, you had stopped moving? I had stopped moving. Now, I had stopped moving because I didn't have the walk light. And I was crossing Alan, and Alan was pretty busy at the time. So I had to stop moving. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I noticed her wave, smiled. She did the same, but she didn't stop moving now. And I, look, I, I'm not that upset. It's fine. I'll probably see her again at some point. It's all good. Um, but I was a little surprised. Now, I did have my headphones in. The, the earbud. Mm-hmm. The earbud headphones most of the time when I'm walking around the city. So perhaps she thought... And I didn't, I also didn't make the motion to like pull them out of my ears. Um, like, like as if, you know, um, now we're, we're clearly going to talk now, so I should, you know, make sure I can hear you. Right. It looked like you were making all the signals that you didn't want to talk. Well, not all the signals. I mean, I guess that's a big one. What, were there other <laughs> signals? That- um, I mean, I guess you didn't approach, right? Well, there's no need. She was walk. She was walking up Allen, crossing paths. So she was approaching me at first, and then she was walking away from me, and then she was further and further away. Didn't look back. <laughs> so, but did you did you want to stop and chat? Yeah, a little bit. Oh. Not for too long. <laughs> Sorry. What did not. you want to say? <laughs> Just be like, hey. You going to work? Or? She was definitely walking in the opposite direction of work. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know what I would have talked about. I think it was a Friday. You know, how's the week? Any plans for the weekend? Just, just general neighborly <laughs> chat, like chatting. But then okay. I got nothing. I got nothing. And you got like the eye contact and the head nod and a smile. And that was yeah. it. Yeah. That's solid. Oh, you think that's that's good? That's plenty. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's certainly better than eye contact recognition, head head down, picking up the pace, no acknowledgement. Mm. That would be pretty bad. Yeah. 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 And then you would you would probably feel compelled to say something the next time you went into Beverly. No, I'm definitely more the type to just ignore things and pretend they didn't happen and try to just see if I can get away with just moving along as if nothing happened. Like <laughs> again, like George, George, the George character and Larry David, <laughs> that one Seinfeld episode where he just yelled at his boss and then quit, and then he's like. Jerry, like, what the fuck did I do? And someone's like, why don't you just go back in and act like nothing happened? Yeah, just go back to work. <laughs> um, which apparently is based on a true story that Larry David, when he was a writer on Saturday Night Live, he did that. He did blow up at his boss, left, and then did came like come back the next day, act like nothing happened, and it worked. <laughs> Oh, see, that's good. I guess it depends on the boss, you know? Yeah, I mean, if they kind of know that you're, like, I don't know, like, kind of just, like, emotional at times, and, right. you know, if they like you, and I guess respect your work ethic and your talent, and you know, it's it's from, from both management end and employee end, it's always easier to, to not <laughs> have a big disruption. Firing yes. or quitting, like you know, it's it's if you can just smooth those things out. If you got people who aren't going to overreact, um, or I guess management that's not going to overreact, then you know, eh, just let them blow off some steam. Anyway, getting back, uh, I mean, I guess that's it. That's all I got. I don't know. I guess I'm if I'm to put myself in her shoes, I don't know anything. Maybe she maybe maybe was having a bad day, got some bad news. Maybe just not interested in chatting with me, which is, you know, also fine. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I was I was surprised. I don't know because it's still it's all good when we chat at the bar. I mean, you know. And maybe she doesn't want to know you outside the bar. That could be. That could be like complete work life separation. Like my, yeah. I'm at the bar, I'm on the clock. That's my job. Fine, cool. Like it's like I'm like one of her work, like one of her work friends. You know? <laughs> well, you'll have to test it out next time you see it on the street. Uh, or it's next like, time at the bar, I guess. I haven't been to Beverly's in a little while, so. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, this is pretty easy breezy trifling in New York for me this week. Do you have a, Do you have anything? Um, yeah, it was, it's weird. No, it's kind of weird. Man, these, these kids. So, <laughs> I was, kids. yeah. So, I played basketball yesterday in the park, right? Which park? Um, there's a park across um, the street from my building. It's uh, Jackie Robinson Playground. Mm-hmm. So, I went over there, and it's pretty big. There's like... 
two full-size basketball courts, two um, half basketball courts, um, some exercise equipment, like those handball slash tennis areas, right. um, and like a jungle gym. So it was, and yesterday was a nice day, so it was like really, really active over there. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was meeting a friend to play basketball. And so, of course, I brought my ball. He brought his ball. And, you know, we were sort of, we were shooting around, getting ready. And then um, some little kid comes over. I, I don't even know how old he was. Maybe like seven. Can I play with you guys? <laughs> like, uh, we were about to play one-on-one. But so, <laughs> and he was, he was like, he's so small. It's like, all right, man. But I mean, you can like dribble around, but we're going to play. So then we played. And then he's like, can I, he's like, can I, uh, can I use your ball? Cause you know, we can only play with one ball. So there's two. So like, can I use your ball? Yeah. It was my, my ball. Hold on. Yeah. Why, if you're playing one-on-one with your buddy, why do you both need to bring a ball in the first place? I don't know. We should have coordinated that beforehand, but we both brought balls. I mean, I guess it's good in case anything happens. Like, no. <laughs> Why would you ever need two balls? I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, we just we just didn't communicate. That was our that was our mistake. Um, Not really a mistake. So, you know. <laughs> Superfluous, I guess. If anything, it's it's just well, you'll see because it ends up making more oh, problems for me oh in the God. end. Sorry, so I, I really should have just had I really should have just had one ball. Um, <laughs> So I'm like, it was like one of these right. balls I know is going to end up deflated somehow. But go ahead. <laughs> so it's like, well, can I can I play with it? I'm like, oh man, I guess. But like, I said, yeah, I should have said like, don't go too far. Make sure you bring it back. But I just, you know, I figured that was understood. It's, only, <laughs> it's a playground. There's only so far you can go. So I said, okay, whatever. Wait, yeah, so um, yeah, you don't want to assume too much with the seven year olds. <laughs> no, you should not. <laughs> So he was playing, but while he's playing, I gotta keep an eye. I gotta keep an eye on him, and I'm playing my game, right? So I'm like distracted. So I'm like, man, what? Is, I don't know this kid. Anything could happen to the ball, you know. Once kids are involved, he sees, you know, like they'll see something shiny, something more interesting. Drop the ball and go run after whatever that is. <laughs> and I'm like, and then where's my ball, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I like but I, actually, I hope this isn't like some elaborate way of you excusing getting like beaten <laughs> like 20 to 0 on the court. It's like look, I had to focus on two things at once. Of course I got it. <laughs> That's as why as I got destroyed. Go, go. No, no, no. So then these other guys are like, "Oh, you guys want to play 2 on 2?" Um, so we said, "Fine, sure. We can play 2 on 2." So we moved to a different court. Um a, a better basket that had opened up. Ours, ours was like the worst basket there. It didn't have a net, but they're all they're all fairly nice. Um, so we moved to that other one, and I took the ball because the kid had brought it back. So I was like, all right, he's proven that he's trustworthy for now. Right. So wait. So the two the, the two people approached you. Was that was the kid one of them? Like him and his buddy? Or, or no, these were older. Person? These were older people. Like one looked like a teenager, um, probably like. 17 maybe 18 okay. the other the other one was a, a, an adult he was in his 40s we started chatting afterwards okay. um he was there with with his kids in the park and he was like well i might as well play while i'm yeah. out here and he had like his daughter she was running around the playground and stuff um so then we start we play our two our two game and then again only play with one ball 
So the right. ball is sitting there again. This kid oh, wait a comes minute. up. Like three, there's three balls in play now, presumably. Right, right. But their, their balls are over on the, the bench, what I should have done. No, but the one kid puts his ball under the basket and my ball's under the basket. The, old, the older guy, he was clever and put it on the bench on the, on the side. Why is that so then mean? somebody, I don't know, because no one's, no one's asking it. They keep coming over uh, to us. So they, they ask, yeah. So they ask for mine again. I'm like, all right, I guess. <laughs> and then this they is the ask, same seven year old. This like a diff, this like a different crew. Oh, kids are so many kids. <laughs> you know, this word, yeah, I heard it through the grapevine. It's like, yo, this is, there's this dude. He's over there. He's a complete sucker. Complete sucker out there just giving out balls willy nilly. No, he'll give it to you free for free. He'll give it to you. Oh, so we're yeah, playing our two on two game. Go punk, him, go punk yeah. him out. <laughs> it's messed up. So I'm like kind of trying to keep an eye, but I get distracted and I like lose focus on the ball. Right. Um, but we're playing two on two and a couple of times. So all the other courts are occupied, but one of the courts is occupied by some, some gentlemen. Um, oh, it's, a, oh it's a mixed, mixed group. They are wearing a lot of red. Oh, a lot of red. Oh no. oh, no. Did one of them have rainbow hair? No, we're not doing that. No. no. So then, like, we play another game. And then the, that little kid that balled the ball comes up again, and he comes up to me. Let's play, let's play a game. I said, oh, man. In the middle of your game? You? No, we, we had finished, and then oh, people were getting water, and I was the only one on the court. Let's play a game. What do you... What do you want to find? I said, fine. What do you want to play? Because like nobody wants to play with this kid. He's been, I've been seeing him around the playground, like trying to play with people. Oh, He's no. playing. <laughs> this is so sad. So, so I'm like, I, what, do you, what do you want to play? Let's play one-on-one. I said, oh my gosh, fine. Oh, we'll play one-on-one. You got to go easy on him too. Yep. What do you want to play to? 20. I was like, 20? Are you? <laughs> no. How about 11? How about, how about oh, that? God. Even that could take a while. Yeah. So then we sort of play and I was like, this is going to be terrible. And then everybody comes back from our game and they sort of our game, that one on one game just kind of dissolved. Right. So so now we're playing with one ball and two balls are on the loose and we finished our games. I think we played two or three games of two on two. We're done. And um, so then that other guy had made sure when they borrowed his ball, he said, but make sure you bring it back. I was like, damn, I should have said that when they yeah. borrow my ball <laughs> yeah. um so he we then we're going around looking for balls right so he finds his because then oh my gosh these kids you go to the kid i see i see on one court so where's the ball oh it's over there oh it's over there now so then wait, i go wait, over wait, there wait so because it's the second kid who took your who borrowed your ball this is a different ball. kid not the initial small one yeah right. a different one i was like whatever man and he was shooting on the court next to us but then when it was time for me to get the ball i don't see it over there and all the kids are pointing at this other court so i go over there and i don't see the ball over there so mm-hmm. like but at the at the same time right here's my other problem i don't really like remember how my ball looks i have to get close plus i'm not wearing my glasses <laughs> I was going to ask if you have like your initials like in it and Sharpies. Right? Yeah, I should. I should write something on there. Right. That's good. That's a good lesson. Yeah. Um, maybe just make up, make up your own like, like symbol for yourself. So even like, cause presumably like, like a Prince type symbol, like, cause if you put your initials, the, the person 
in, in question, I'm just imagining someone where this is a dispute could just be like, see the initials, be like, oh, no, those are my initials, too. And right. then you ask them what, what they are, and then they just make something up. And then, yep. well, you're, then you're like, well, let me see your ID just to verify that. Oh. Let me see your ID. Let me see your ID. <laughs> oh, oh so that's speaking of IDs, I got, a, I got a funny story about an ID, too, that's Excellent. weird. Okay. It's very similar. It's like Atlanta-like, almost. Oh. But, um, we use that as a segue. To our so then, I don't find it. I'm like, whatever. So I just go sit on the bench. Me, the friend that I was there with, and this new guy, Raheem, from the Bronx. Mm. We're, oh, chat, wow. we're chatting. He's got, some, he's got some good stories. So that, that was fun. And then they're like... <laughs> So uh, do you want to do you want to go find your ball? I was like, man, I'm not that attached to the ball, but I'm looking, right? And it looks like the guys in red have my ball. And I was like, <laughs> I think. Oh, no. I was like, I was like, I think those guys somehow got the ball. I said, like, I think they have the ball. Now, didn't they I'm have like, their Damn. own ball? They did. They were playing with the ball, but I was like, I was looking at the ball they were playing with, and it was different than the first ball they were playing with, and it looked like mine. I was like, shit. It's like, what if I go over there and I just get like all these bad scenarios were going through my mind. I could get, I mean, the worst that, I mean, the least, I, I guess like the lowest bad scenario was like, I just get clowned and they start teasing me. Like, and then the very worst one is like, they like yeah. beat me up and like really embarrass me. <laughs> uh, I love how the worst part of getting beat up is that you're embarrassed. Yeah, it's a playground full of people, man. A big hospital building. <laughs> but I was like, I was looking around. I was like, well, maybe Raheem got my back because he was big and he was like in his forties. So I was like, all right, he can he can talk to these guys. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> me, me and Raheem from the Bronx can go get my ball. We were talking about, and I'm like, <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. So I'm just avoiding it. I'm like, look, I'm not that attached to the ball. I was like, whatever. So I, but I don't tell these, I'm not telling them that I think those guys have my ball. I'm just like, the kids lost. I was like, whatever, man. I guess that kid needed it more than I did. I was like, whatever. I always get a new oh, ball. Okay. Yeah. So, so then we're chatting and whatever. And it ended up being, so then like 15 minutes later, this kid comes over and says, here's your ball, man. I was like, oh, thanks. Oh. And that was it. I don't know where this kid was or where the ball was, but he came back and walked over and, and the second the second one second that borrowed it. He okay. came back and dropped it off. I was like, oh, thanks, man. I was like, so, wait, so did the guys in red actually have your ball? Apparently not. <laughs> that would have been even worse. Oh man! Oh yo, yo, let me, yeah, let me just see. Yo, like, let me see that. Yo, let me let me see that ball, man. Let me see. Let me see. That's what I would have had to say. Yo, and don't then, make me go get Raheem from the Bronx. <laughs> you see my man Raheem over here? Yeah, guess where he's from? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking around with all this gentrified Brooklyn bullshit. <laughs> I love. Yeah, I love like like you go up there by yourself initially. <laughs> Raheem is watching all of this from the bench. You go, you go up. He sees you talking. He come, you come back. You sees like a shove go, go on. You come back. Raheem's like, yo, young man, what's up? Yo, young blood, what's up? Yo, you need some help? Oh, what? Oh, they got your shit? Oh, okay. No, no, no. Let's go. Let's go talk to them about this. We'll just have a talk. <laughs> you get this huge scuffle. Meanwhile, kid number two is off to the side. You know, learning certain life lessons about. <laughs> Like how it can go wrong. He feels guilty. 
<laughs> he could have just given you your own ball back. So he gets scared because of the ruckus, and then he has to go run off. Just, wow. And then, like, he doesn't even want to look at the ball every time he looks at it. He's reminded of all this violence. <laughs> he just puts the ball away, picks up a paintbrush. It just completely changes the arc of his life. <laughs> Oh. oh my god yeah yeah so well that's yeah that's that is interesting i mean it, it's so basically you just had a normal day and everything was fine yeah just that kid was annoying and like things things could have gone real wrong but they didn't right yeah no i mean i i get it i mean i probably <laughs> i think there is this thing because i tend to like overthink things and things do usually just work out okay i think See, I see, like, because I, you know, I'm overly cautious, and, and it's in some cases. I mean, for me, I would have definitely been like, I don't even know if I would have let the kid borrow the ball in the first place, because I'd be like, no, yeah. there's just too many variables that are introduced here. So sorry, sorry, young yeah. blood. But then I would have felt guilty about that. And yeah, I don't know. Well, I think the lesson is coordinate who's going to bring. Yeah, lesson learned. We only need one ball. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't have to worry about all this stress. Um, I know. Man, I yeah. was stressed out thinking that I had to go talk to those guys. <laughs> that shit. So for, like, how long, for how many minutes, roughly, were you worrying about that scenario? I was like, fuck. I got to get this ball. <laughs> um, like 20 minutes? Um... I don't know, maybe something like that. It was coming in and out of my head, like hardcore thinking about it, probably for like five minutes straight. Okay. And then like back and forth, like while we were sitting on the bench chatting, I was sitting across from that court. So I just kept looking up. I was like, is that my ball? What if I go over there? What's going to happen? Because it wasn't, it was the guys on the court and there were guys watching that were with them. I was like, damn, a whole bunch of... <laughs> Yeah. I know. I know. I'm thinking of the the intro theme song to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. <laughs> when those guys just stand up. Yeah. Bench. And it's a pushing. <laughs> Swinging you around in the head. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you don't want that that yeah. swing. <laughs> that some WWE moves on you. <laughs> Oh, oh yes so yeah so everything uh, worked out fine in the end yeah i want to hear some of those raheem from the brock stories too I'm sure we've got some good ones. maybe we should get him on he the does. podcast find raheem i don't have his phone number i just gotta lurk in the park yeah <laughs> 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 like lurking waiting around for raheem not doing anything <laughs> guys in red start getting of you and then they're trying to like, like, what's this guy doing what's this guy's like the public service they like start keeping an eye on you <laughs> guy, weird guy lurking around the park yeah that'd be pretty good yeah well okay so what's what's this id story that can segue us into the atlanta review segment oh um so i was on a date with someone and uh nice we were talking about IDs and she doesn't have a state ID or a driver's license. She just has the passport and the passport card. And What's so, passport card? um, 
it's the size size of a of a driver's license and you can use it in place of a passport um oh. in certain in certain places i think it's it's definitely canada mexico it's and some islands but i'm not sure which one i have one i'd never use it i guess i i must have like checked the box when i renewed my passport and i and i got it but i don't use it so the purpose of it is just to have like an easier thing in in cuz you don't want to risk like maybe losing your passport so it's like a right um, isn't it yeah it's that functionally is the same thing right it's like a i guess like a international identification card okay. or something so, like that Right. Um, so she uses that when she goes out and people ask for ID and she said that the sometimes bartenders or bouncers, whoever's at the door will get irritated because <clears throat> it doesn't have a barcode, so they can't scan it, so they can't put it in their little thing. Right. So what they do is they take a picture of it. Hmm. With that with that machine. I said, with the machine? It takes a picture and then what? Oh, it's like, the machine so takes then, a picture? Right. And so I said, so then where does the picture go? What do they do with the picture? She's like, I don't know. That's a great question. And then I thought about that Atlanta episode where they're like, yeah, we need, we're going to make a copy of this and then copy of your card, copy of your ID. <laughs> it's like, so then I just have copies floating around. Yeah. So her, that picture is just floating around. I don't know what, like, no Well, knows. presumably if they're, if they're taking the photo with the like scanning machine, I mean, it's it's all probably just. I don't know. I don't know where those things. Like, I don't know what they're scanning exactly. Like, if if it's if it's a barcode on your ID, presumably it just has your ID info, and then right. I don't know if there's like a hard like. Is there hard drive space on those like? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't even realize it was capable of taking pictures. Yeah, that that's that's news to me certainly. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, store. I mean, I don't know if they're getting any of the information, you know, photo. I guess the one thing. Yeah, that, I mean, <clears throat> that that it's if you're scanning it, the one thing it wouldn't store would be a, a, a picture of the person. Right. Which which. You know, I don't even. I don't even know what's on there. I don't even know. I guess it's probably the same information on, that's on your passport. So it's not like a whole lot of information, like birthday. Yeah. Name. I still still be a little little iffy about that right well initially she I was like take a picture like they just take out their phone and take a picture and she's like no they use the machine dummy but, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I should have assumed that there would be a, a camera in this weird device that looks like a credit card scanner from the 90s right <laughs> it's like oh of course it's not a scanner. What do you call it? You know what I'm talking about? That makes the like. Oh, the, like that. Brruh, brruh. Yeah. That thing. Oh, man. What's the word for that? Yeah. I don't know what that's called. I always thought those things were bullshit because I don't know. I didn't know what to do. Anyway, let's let's move into Atlanta. Um, episodes like seven and eight. Did you watch this week's episode with? Yes. What's his face? Paperboy. Going going through the ringer, and then it was the Champagne Poppy episode before that. So let's start with that one. Um, I will say these. I mean, the Teddy Perkins episode, which we we got into the last episode of the podcast, uh, was such a, a highlight that I don't know. There was I didn't expect them to top it. Certainly, um, with these these next the following two episodes, but I will say I was a little underwhelmed with both of them. 
Oh, yeah. A little bit. Um, I mean, I've probably still, I've probably watched the Teddy Perkins episode again, probably like four times in the last two weeks. Damn. So it's always like, it's been on my mind. <sighs> um, so maybe that's why I'm comparing. I mean, they're, they're like, well, let's start with the Champagne Poppy episode. So for me, I mean, I don't, it's hard for me to even like, I, I laughed at the scene where Van, um, put on the uh the clothes and was dancing like put on i guess quote unquote drake's clothes and was dancing to herself uh or dancing in the mirror by her by herself right you like that one it was funny it was kind of cute um but i don't i i would say maybe this might be my least favorite episode of atlanta ever i think so yeah because nothing really happens I was about to say that, like nothing happened. And she's just like kind of missing Ern, I guess. Yeah, there was a little of that in the beginning when she's going through Instagram. She saw, I don't know, she saw the video of, I don't know, some girl like, what was she, braiding, braiding Ern's hair or something? I don't know. She's doing something to him. Yeah, I couldn't tell exactly what was happening. But, like that was the only, that, that, intro the opening it had some good chuckles i don't remember what specifically they were now because it was like you right. said it was kind of a forgettable episode but their banter i remember had some good chuckles from that yeah i i will say there's something it because it was like van and her three friends just basically getting ready to go to this party and like i don't know like there's like there is something like a thing about like guys have this thing where they're sometimes surprised when women tell them what what women chat about when it's just a bunch of women around and like good friends right. and like the level of intimacy of those conversations between women is usually a lot deeper than like just guys conversations when it's just a bunch of dude friends hanging out. Yeah. And so like when they're talking about like, I don't know, it's, it's immature of me, I guess, to be like kind of like squishy about like, you know, them talking about IUDs and stuff and like, um, Smoking weed. Don't forget, forget about your kids tonight. And I don't know. It was, it was good. It definitely felt real. The banter. Um, but I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm supposed to be seeing this. I think I'm <laughs> oh, it felt like you're peeking in on a private moment. Yeah, it felt a little too intimate for me. Okay. And that's just okay. my own peevishness, I guess. Um, but yeah, it definitely. I mean, it seemed like they're good friends. Mm-hmm. Which I don't. Is that? I don't remember. Have we seen that main one before? The one who got the invite to the party. Yeah. Dating DJ. I. Yeah, I feel like we must have, but she doesn't ring a bell really because we haven't seen much of Van Van's friends. No, they all seemed like kind of familiar, but I couldn't place them anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So they get to the sh- the party, and apparently. I was reading up on this, but apparently it was it was supposed to be a Drake themed party, not a Drake po- like actual Drake party. Because the whole time I was like, I guess it's plausible that Drake would have a mansion in Atlanta for some reason, just because he's got tons of money and why not? Right. Um, oh, like, but where where did you see that? That it was I thought it was a Drake party. I think the Van's friend did say it was a, 
it was Drake's house party. But I think the guy was trying to sell them the pizza in the parking lot. <laughs> I, I should have probably rewatched this before, but I I read somewhere that that he actually said it's a Drake theme party or something similar. Like he's the uh, one. but like Van and them didn't really pick up on that. Okay. And I don't know if like the guy who invited them is maybe like, oh yeah, just bring your friends. It's, it's a Drake party. Like saying just like it's a Drake party, which I guess right. some people will take that to mean Drake's gonna be there at his party and versus you know more it would be more accurate to say it's a drake theme party okay i see what you're saying but i mean mean, aside from that it was like i don't know definitely not much happened forgettable um yeah i i mean i i i was like i wonder if drake will show up in this at some point but i was like eh, it seems really unlikely yeah from a meta thing, just getting Drake to star and or just to make an appearance in this episode. I'm sure he's he's a fan of of, uh, of Donald Glover, but uh, not you know not that big of a fan. Like because I'm I'm thinking of Michael Vick showing up at the end of that one. Episode. Right. It's like yeah, Michael Vick's racing people. What? And then it's actually Michael Vick out there. Right. Uh, Michael Vick probably not as big. <laughs> doesn't have as big of a profile as Drake at the moment. Uh, yeah. Arguably, but yeah, so they go to the house party. I guess Van, for some reason, really thought she was going to have a chat with Drake, which those two girls clowned him up, clowned her on. Uh, <laughs> the ones with the cutouts. The cutouts, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, see, that part was kind of good. They were partying. They were, yeah. they were partying. I will say, though, they were trying to sell, they were trying to sell people, okay, you can take photos with these cutouts of Drake for $20 a pop. And then she was like, wait, what? what is, where's Drake? And then they started clowning her. Now, that's not a great sales strategy to just like start making fun of your potential client. Immediately. Before they've given you any money. <laughs> I mean, usually you want to sell somebody. I mean, if you have to make fun of them, wait until you make the sale first. <laughs> kind of like if you like really so feel like, compelled yeah <laughs> yeah if you got to make fun of somebody just can't help yourself get the money get the, secure the bag first <laughs> oh i don't even remember how it ended it just went home right yeah remember they they bumped into darius randomly oh and they were like walking they were walking home weren't they yeah, they were. I, you know, you know me. Like, for me, like doing anything that involves leaving the Lower East Side, I have to know immediately. I, I think about immediately, like what it's going to be like to get, to get back home, because that's always annoying. Is if there's like a really extended or like laborious commute or whatever to get back home. So that yeah. has to factor into my 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 plans of whether if I'm going out. So was the first thing I'm thinking when they get in that van at the beginning of the episode and pull up to the house. I'm like, oh, shit. But how are they? They're not going to be able to get home necessarily whenever yeah. they want. Exactly. How are you getting back to this parking lot? Because presumably the, that limo van is on some kind of schedule, so you got to wait around for it. Yeah, so I would almost prefer to walk home than to have to, to deal with the, the van. Hmm. Okay, so I guess that's what they were doing. Yeah. Or walking back to the parking lot. Uh, yeah. 
Emily and Mustang. what's his name showed up. Darius was there. Darius talking about simulation theory. <laughs> Darius. Um, I think that was all that happened. Like there was just party yeah. stuff, but it wasn't even that. It didn't even seem like that fun of a party. Oh God, no. Yeah, like I would hate a party like that. God, I would be complaining. <laughs> like you would not believe. Well, you would believe it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just a bunch of, like, ugh, like you got to wear, if you have heels, you have to wear bags on your sh- shoes as you're walking around because they don't want to right. step up the marble floors. Mm-hmm. You, you would stop right there. I, I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a thing with marble floors. Um, I've never heard of that either. I probably. But I, I mean, I, I guess. I doubt I've ever walked on marble floors unless I'm in like a courthouse or something. <laughs> some kind of courthouse or government building. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense. They could be nicked up, scuffed up. Yeah, but you could probably like buff that out. Yeah, presumably, if you have enough money to have a mansion with marble floors, you should. You've got like some kind of maintenance program going. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that program. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, what are you doing? Right. Priorities. Mm-hmm. If, you don't, if you don't have enough money for marble floors plus a maintenance program, don't get the marble floors in the first place. That's the lesson right there. Yep. That <laughs> and the coordinate who's ringing the basketball. Um, <laughs> Always. So, Always know who's bringing the ball. So I guess yeah, we can let's move on to um, the following episode, which was uh, involved Paperboy, just basically a day day in a the life. They've been doing a few day in the life. Episodes. That's right. You know what? I guess so. It's Ern- is is it Ern's turn for a solo episode? I would think so. He hasn't been around that much. Yeah. Um, it's a potential spoiler that I'm about to drop here. Um, so okay. if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead a few seconds. I guess I guess you don't have the option of doing that. So I'm going to say it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not that big. But basically, I, I heard there was a casting call for three actors um, who are kids, who I guess fit the description of Ern, Darius, and Paperboy. So there's oh. going to be some sort of flashback to happen in, in, in one or both of the next two episodes. Okay. That'll be cool. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, and interestingly, like this is the second Paperboy Day in the Life episode. Yeah, you're right. Which is the one with Bibby. I mean, arguably that you could say that was more of a Bibby episode than a, than a Paperboy episode. <laughs> that was, it was a Bibby. Bibby was a star. Yeah. Uh yeah, he was he was he definitely annoyed me quite a bit the first time I watched that episode, but the second time I was I was kinda of getting into him. As I think like, back. You I liked it better, right? Pop up again, yeah. Like the most trifling man alive, Bibby. <laughs> <laughs> um let me. Uh, did any were any of Raheem from the Bronx's stories uh, reminiscent of something Bibby might do or a different vibe? Um. 
You like have someone. Is. I don't want to betray. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, it, it could be on there. It could be on there. Like, mm. what, well, no, like something about like what people used to steal, like random stuff. Okay. I could see yeah. Bibby like. Okay. Don't tell me that. Don't <laughs> yeah, because we were like, <laughs> we were like, well, what do they even do with that? He's like, I don't know, but people used to take them. <laughs> I was like, Bibby, Bibby could find out something to do with that stuff. No, I'm sure. Yeah. Um. But uh, so yeah. So basically. So he hangs out with his. So this one I didn't. I I only watched the one time. <coughs> oh shit! Oh, hold on. Oh, cough button. Fine. Oh man. Um. So. So he's hanging out with his girl. Uh. They go to get a pedicure. He leaves her. And then he just has like the afternoon slash evening from hell. <sighs> Yeah. Um, I guess the thing that I'll start with the thing that struck me the most, which they've done a couple times, is like the sense of like un unease and, and dread. The show does mm -hmm. really well, really, really well, and like fear that like anything could happen because he got fucked yeah. up by those kids when they <clears throat> him. And then like, like I, yeah, that part was yeah, no good, man. Well, I was like, okay, he runs into the woods. I, first of all, I thought he was going to get the gun from the kid, but... I thought uh, he was, too. Uh, but then he runs off, and the kid's still chasing after him through the woods. I'm like, damn, can't you just let me get so away? So that, that, was, that was real, or that was in his head? I, what, do you, what do you mean? Was there... No, not, not like the whole, the whole scuffle was real, but like the kid chasing him in the woods was real. I think so. I, I actually, it's interesting you bring that up because I did read something about it where it's like some elements of the, of, of some elements may have been just in his head. Like for some reason, someone said that, that, that very first scene where his mom's sort of like cleaning up his, his apartment yeah. may have just been a daydream that he was having. Oh yeah, it was. It was? I haven't, I haven't looked online, but I think so. I think I, from what I gathered from the episode, that that day was the day where, like, I feel like his mom was dead, like the day his mom passed away or something. Because even, remember, Ern called him and was like, you're, you're doing all right today? And then he got that text oh. message from, from some number, and I don't even, it didn't even say who it was, but it was like, everything okay with you today? Just oh. checking in on you or something. Shit. <clears throat> so it was like, in, so it was like the anniversary of... His mom, his that's, mom that's what I think, though. I haven't looked it up, but that's yeah. what I took from the episode. Okay. I think he, well, in real life, that actor who plays Paperboy, his mom did die last year. And so ah. the, the episode was dedicated to her um, at the end. They did a dedication. Um, so that would make sense of like him kind of like reminiscing about her like cleaning up and cooking for him. Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. So maybe there were some elements because if, apparently the, she's singing, like she's sort of singing a song as she goes about his apartment, and the crazy guy in the woods is also singing that same song at some point. Right. And so is that guy real? Yeah, that's that's the other part where I'm like that maybe that whole part was a hallucination of some sort or um. I don't know. Like for me, after the Teddy Perkins episode, like I am like sort of on the lookout for like different metaphors and like different ways of readings. 
certain aspects of these episodes now in a way I wasn't right. before. So my initial read on this was that it was like the, his scuffle with the kids and his incident with the with the guy in the woods were sort of allegories um, for something. I couldn't quite figure out what. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, maybe there's sort of supposed to be some symbolism here. Maybe not. Um, well, I think that, uh, let me see. That, that scuffle, I, I'm not sure about the scuffle. I mean, that's the – well, I think it – I don't remember what the title was. But – for I me, it was, it was the woods. I think so. It was all about like him, like um, this idea of him keeping it real and like right. being authentic and not and not being fake. So like, oh, like what? I can't walk. Oh yeah, you're just a real guy, just like us. And then they, <laughs> then they rob him. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right there you go. It's another one. Uh, <clears throat> and then him just like doing doing something and like she she was saying that like what are you talking about you you can you're you're like a rap star now you're supposed to be this but you're still mm -hmm. doing like this way and then that guy in the woods being like it's time to wake up get up and do something you just like you're mm -hmm. stuck in this place you need to do something and so i for me i took it as him like taking his career seriously and like moving forward with that instead of, I don't know, whatever he's doing, still selling weed and just sort of like lazying around. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's part of, <clears throat> there's been in the background of a few episodes or, or maybe the whole season, like this notion that Earn is not that great of a manager and he yeah it was brought up again i was like damn yeah. earn this is this is gonna come up by before the end of the season he's gonna have a talk with earn mm -hmm. yeah Some, something I, has to happen with this i feel like they'll, they'll do something like that or th with this show it might just be something like where we find out through like a few lines of dialogue that he usually has already fired him and mm. like maybe we'll just see like that 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 Clark County rapper, like his manager, just show up and like Paperboy was just at his house chilling. Or something. So I don't know. They like I could see them just alluding to it as opposed to really showing it. But yeah, you're you're, like, you're right about that. They they definitely do things in that in that way. So I could see that happening. Yeah, I I think I would feel a little cheat, just a little bit cheated though, because like I feel like that scene of however they want it to happen could be really really great just like the scene between a scene like that between urn and paperboy where he yeah. fires him basically um could be good i don't know i'll i'll, I'll uh i'm sure they'll they'll do it do it justice um so then he goes through the woods and comes out on the other end and just, there's like a gas station which <laughs> Again, reminds me of Ohio, like, <laughs> like random gas station in the middle of just the not in the middle of the woods, but like I could see like crashing through the woods and coming out, and there being like a like a UDF. Oof, man, that takes me back. Um, UDF, yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder. I wonder if that, I'm going to Columbus next next weekend. Uh, I wonder if that UDF is still there in Worthington. Which one? The one on oh, Street. it's still there. They renovated it. Oh, okay. It's upgraded. Is that Donato's still there? Is Donato's is still around, right? Yeah, Donato's is still around. Okay, that's. I'm really looking forward to getting some Donato's. Salty <laughs> ass pizza. <laughs> Donato's is good. It's a good pizza. Yeah, that's right. The square cut. 
Um, so yeah, and then he so he gets out, takes the photo with. It is interesting that like basically every it seems like every person who bumps into Paperboy knows who he is. Yeah. So and he never, but like he never seems like he's on TV. I guess he. I, I mean, I like, guess, I guess he, he maybe. Internet. Do you think he has a music video or famous enough from the internet? Um, the internet alone, but yeah, he must have a video. But he was getting a haircut for a photo shoot. That was the whole point of the Bibby. Yeah. Was that for a magazine? Mm-mm, they didn't say. Okay. They just, yeah. I, for some reason, I was assuming it was magazine. Um, but, yeah. like the, So, from the guy in the drive-thru, uh, clearly his girl is, is pretty cognizant of his, his profile, kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other kid at the end in the gas station. Um, even going back to first season, that that weird dude on the scooter or the hoverboard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess I don't I don't know I don't think I would. Well, I don't know I don't know if I'd recognize any of these guys <laughs> on the street. Uh, yeah, I mean certainly in New York, probably they would go to some lengths to conceal their identity like you know leonardo DiCaprio always wears like a baseball cap he's got um, sunglasses and whatnot hood he's yeah. yeah hoodie hoodie leo uh, <laughs> yeah it's it does have to be really annoying to be like like the level of getting at that like the leo level of fame where like oh you're constantly followed we'll scream yeah and, like imagine going out the door every day Leo I love you hey, look, look, over here. look over here look over here and you're just out there you know trying to get a slice of pizza or something yeah, you deal back. with deal with that mess Ugh. um yeah I don't know like I again yeah I, I think like yes there, there's some read on this like I don't quite have a read on this episode like I, i'm not quite sure what i think about it yet yeah no no yeah but i i definitely liked it yeah this I was did another like good it. one i like yeah and i like the intensity like after it took that turn after he got attacked um like the intensity then like the level just like unsettling and like uh, that feeling of like i could feel i felt like i could feel his his fear and like unease yeah because, you know especially like that fight scene like that it's not it felt like a real fight which is like a real fight in the streets is going to be like a scuffle it's not going to be clean it's going to be messy you know you might have yeah it was for like two seconds for four seconds and then you don't for the next 15 and then you do the next 20 seconds and then it's better mm-hmm. to just run off. <laughs> and then, that's the thing. Like, I was thinking about that. I think, uh, like, right after he ran, what was that kid like? Really gonna shoot Paperboy? I mean, he did fire at him, didn't he? Yeah, I was, I was in my head. It was <laughs> going like, this is some nonsense. Like, they're just gonna, now he's just gonna kill Paperboy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i mean i guess at that point when the adrenaline's running and it's like and paperboy noticed he still had the gun he clearly was running away so that kid with the gun is in no danger yeah 
And yeah, he still fired after him and then apparently chased after him in the woods a little bit. Yeah, that that was right. And then was, that woods part, like, come on, man. Let, what are you going to do? Yeah. Chase him down and just kill him? You took all his stuff already. Um, Wait, did that guy rob him too? No, that guy was just being creepy. Yeah, yeah, that box cutter. <laughs> yeah, box cutter on the neck. Yeah, that's not a that's not a good look. I mean, but why did Paperboy just call a cab when he left the when he left the <laughs> nail place? <laughs> Keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> that no, that is a good point too. Um, She's like, yeah, I, I drove you. Said, yeah, well, I can walk. Or you could just get in the cab. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got some money. I mean. Right. Doesn't he, aren't they in an Uber at some point in the first season? Or various I think points? so. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that's the one thing I love about New York is never needing to deal with cars. Um, and especially when you don't have your own car. It is such a pain in the ass. Just getting mm-hmm. around. Yeah, I love not having to deal with that. Yeah, even even having a car. I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm not big on cars, generally. Um. So yeah, I guess I guess that's it. We can. How many are left? Two. Two. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Um. Still no announcement of a third season. Which hmm. has me concerned. Um, you were talking about it earlier, and I—I I don't know if I didn't believe you. I just didn't see the—I didn't see the facts. But um, now I do. Like I've seen all these previews. This van woman, she's everywhere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Zazie Beats. Yeah. That's a really cool name too. Um, yeah, she's like damn Deadpool. Um, she was in this like other random one that I saw the other day at the movie theater. I don't even know what it was called, but it it was a small, it was a smaller movie, but still it's another movie. And then I think I saw her on something else. Like, man, again. Oh, she was in the, Oh, I'm just looking at her Wikipedia. She's in that Netflix show. Easy. Oh, is she? Apparently. I don't remember. I don't remember. And like an episode. I, I only saw like, Maybe three or four of those. Yeah, I wasn't that into it. Um, Deadpool 2. Looks like she's got a couple things lined up after Deadpool. Nothing huge. Uh, High Flying Bird. This thriller with Army Hammer. <laughs> wow. This guy's name is Army Hammer. So I know. That cracks me up every time. <laughs> Uh, his real name is Armand. Um, oh, I did not know that. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 happy to see uh, happy to see these Atlanta Atlanta kids getting uh, getting some good work. Yeah, all of them. Right. So, um, let's move on. Now, I've been teasing this this wire thing uh, for a while. Uh, it would be the bringing back the um, the Had That Been Me segment um, uh, and, and focusing on the wire. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna 
don't want to do it now because we spend a, we spend such a, a good amount of time talking about Atlanta, and it's definitely worth it. Um, but then you know we get to the end, and doing a had that been me about the wire could be its own episode, and I'd like to want to do it. This, so I am gonna I'm gonna hold that for now. But there's another aspect of the about the book that I wanted to get into, and I, I think we we can do that. So there's a book called All the Pieces Matter. Uh, it's an oral history of The Wire um, that I've read. Um, and as I say that, I want to confirm that that is actually the title of the book. Is it? Uh, I think so. All the Pieces Matter, something like that. There has been a few books about The Wire and yes, that is the title. Okay, I just wanted to make sure it was the new one. That's um, a full oral history. They have the interviews with basically everyone involved in the show. Um, and I took a couple notes um, that I, I wanted to just bring up. Um, and as I'm looking at these notes, I see they are not comprehensive. And it's <laughs> it's, been, it's been it's been so long since it's been like a month or two since I finished the book. So I, I'm I'm blanking on. <laughs> what these notes even mean oh gosh <laughs> so i do apologize <laughs> this is this is even better let's hear this <laughs> it's like when you, you write something down and your handwriting is all messed up and you only get like three of the words from there okay so i have written down marlo old soul mm. i think that's that a means... good <laughs> God, uh, I think I think someone said he was an old soul. <laughs> God, that's not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. Um, if if I recall, yeah, I'll be serious here. Um, fuck, let's move on to the next one. Uh, okay. Randy, Randy should <laughs> Randy should have been a drug dealer. Um, Randy. Was that like a? Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. So season four, Randy was one of the kids. Yeah. That's right. He was the one in from the, who had to go back to the group home. Okay. Now that now I know. Yes. Fuck. What I really should have done is written down who said these things. And I definitely did not do that. So I. <laughs> oh. like this, just like, not going as well as it should. Um. But basically, what's I think what I think David Simon said this. Or some some one of the, someone on the writing staff said that a kid like Randy should have been if he would have had oh that's right he would have had a lot more success if he had been a drug dealer it because and it's it's they were they're talking about how perverse um, the system is that if Randy had applied his because he was selling candy right at the school and that's right he got in trouble because he was selling candy when he wasn't supposed to he was cutting class. And if and he that's how he got all fucked up because he then snitched on uh, on the thing on the guy about the right. murder of of um that one kid Kevin I think uh, and that's how he got in all kinds of trouble he wound up back at the group home what what they were saying is if he had actually just applied those skills to being a drug dealer he would have probably been really successful and probably would have been like flourished in that world and that's hmm. what's so fucked up about like how the system like the the rewards and incentive structures like you know hustling and just selling candy isn't rewarded he's punished brutally for it and he would have been rewarded to a degree 
you know, in that system by being a successful drug dealer. He would have had probably a lot of money, would have bumped moved yeah. up. I think he was a little bit too nice to uh, to be a good drug dealer. Um, and he might have gotten some shit there, but I don't know. It may have toughened him up. Or if he started earlier, he wouldn't have ever had that niceness, you know? Yeah, maybe not. Wasn't his mom, like, really, his foster mom, like, super religious or something, right? Yeah. 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 But yeah, okay, that's interesting. He should have been a drug dealer. Huh. Yeah, it's like she was, and she's the one who suffered because she had, she got her place firebombed because everyone thought he was right. And she was in the hospital, and then that's when he had to go back to the group home. And then the thing is, you see him in the in the last season when um when Bunk goes to visit him in the group home, you see how he has changed, and he like he is like toughened up and like you know it's sort of lost him, and you know right, he had to. Had to, be, had to adjust to that terrible environment yeah it just sucks that like there's there was no like real infrastructure i guess that's part of the thing about the season four with the, the school system there's the infrastructure's so overburdened and underfunded in those those areas that there aren't means to let like the kids flourish like you know they had all that computer equipment and or no yeah, I think that in like when Presbo like goes to the basement and he sees like brand new textbooks and I think some new computer equipment. Yeah, that's right because Dookie sets it up. Um, <laughs> that like no one just Sorry. no one was using. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dookie says it. That just no one was using because like no one knew or no one cared enough to really right. use it. And he's like, "What the fuck is all this? Is this all this great equipment? And new textbooks?" And they're like, no, we have hard enough trouble with the textbook we have or something. It was like some lame oh, excuse. Right, yeah. It was like, oh, the kids already mess up the textbooks, so we don't... Was that it? Like, we don't want them messing up these nice textbooks. I don't even remember what it was. It was like something like that. And then, like, the added effort, the teachers, everybody would have had to learn, like, the new textbooks. and like, Yeah, that's like, what it... Like, that's bullshit. It yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It was that, well, we have to implement a whole new set of tests and stuff with the new textbook yeah right it's like so they don't want to do it so then the kids suffer exactly um which i i could totally see just from like i don't know just working just probably everyone sees just working you see the inefficiencies in just a regular office like mine like you know that's fairly well funded and like you i could totally believe that in a like even in our office maybe that's something that i don't know to have like a whole bunch of brand new equipment and not use any of it, just let it sit. That's a little hard to believe at my company, but right. I could see, you know, overburden, overstressed ones. I could totally see that happening. Yeah, for, for sure. It's like, oh, now we have to do this, something else you're giving us. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, it's def definitely. And that, that, that was, I mean, that school was stressful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i know a uh, bunch of middle school kids uh yeah. i don't know these teachers man they're they're some angels putting up with especially mm. middle school students yeah middle school tough age yeah yeah um okay so that's one um oh here's here's a good one so uh, later on in the season or in the series, they had 
some of the real life drug dealers who inspired some of the characters they had as actors on the show. Um, So the guy who inspired, I mean, the the main characters like Avon and Stringer, they they were sort of hybrid characters um, taking elements from real Baltimore drug dealers that David Simon had encountered writing about crime in Baltimore and that Ed Burns, who's the co-creator, co-writer, had come across as a cop in Baltimore for many years. Right. Um, so, for instance, uh, the the actor who played Melvin um, at the start of season or in th- yeah, throughout season three and I think four, um, who was like a church deacon who you tried to help out Cuddy and helped out Bun- Bunny a little bit. That guy's that guy was a real drug dealer um, in Baltimore um, no. for several years. I think Ed Burns took him down, he, um, and then they developed a connection. Uh, after he got out of jail and there's another one um this guy i think i want to say the real life guy's name is donnie andrews Um, okay he but he's the guy who inspired omar um he's a guy who robs drug dealers and has a certain code of ethics ed burns also took him down and then they also later developed like a i don't know if i'd say friendship but like a, a some sort of kinship and anyway he was in season five as um i forget the character's name but he sort of helped out omar when he was in prison i don't mm, remember that. okay and he was <laughs> he became part of omar's crew after they both got out of prison um and he was shot dead in that in that scene where omar is set up for a hit and then he has to jump out the window i don't know if you remember um, I I like kind of remember him. I that was when he had like the four person crew. Yeah, at the very towards the very end. I mean, yeah. yeah, season five. Um, so anyway, so I say all that to say that there's an interview with, uh, in this book, there's an interview with uh, they talked to the actor who who played Officer Colicchio, who is that guy who was the cop who like I had that weird militaristic haircut and the mustache, and do you remember him? No, I'm trying to. The name sounds like makes sense to me. Yeah, he played one of the in West Baltimore. He in season five, he pulled pulled someone out of their car because they were honking at him, and he got oh in trouble gosh. for it because he's all stressed <laughs> out. You would remember if you look up if you looked him up, you would you would remember this cop immediately. Anyway, um, oh wait, no, shit. Okay, now I, yeah, I think it was it was either the actor. Let's say it was the actor. I'm pretty sure it is. Anyway, he had a really big issue with them ha- hiring these drug dealers um, as actors, these former drug oh. dealers. He had a really big problem with it because he's like, you know, first of all, um, who else? There was one other guy that they hired. Um, he, he basically was like, look, I know they've done their time and, you know, they're, they're not bad guys anymore, but they were really bad guys and responsible for murders and I'm sorry, I just can't forgive that. And I didn't like having them on the show. I didn't like the fact that they hired them and paid them and were sort of able to glorify themselves and, you know, thing on and on. And I think it's, you know, it's an interesting point to consider. Um, but it's, it's, it's a question of do you believe in rehabilitation uh, for people, you know, after they make mistakes? You know, not everyone does. Um, no, not, every, not everybody does. And it, it, and even like 
I don't know. It's hard when you when you come out of jail to to get a job to restart your life. Oh, and I think, absolutely. You know, David Simon was just you know trying to give some people a helping hand. He saw where they could be an asset, like mm-hmm. trying to give them give them a little boost. Oh yeah, I think he. This guy also was referencing Snoop too, of course. Who was yeah. Like I think it actually killed someone and went went to jail for it before she got on the show and even after the show was I think was arrested again for dealing uh, in Baltimore. <laughs> I think and I think she I think David Simon actually wrote a letter to the, the judge in that case and got her out. Um, wow. And I think she's doing all right now, but yeah, it is it's very hard coming out of the system just having a day-to-day normal life. Um, and I mean, it's in theory, our prison system is supposed to rehabilitate people <laughs> after their crimes. But, I mean, I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I look for I me, I, I, it's, I do, I feel like I want to believe that people can be redeemed even for terrible, terrible crimes. Um, and be, become, I, you know, productive members of society. Of, eventually, not everybody, not everybody, but I, right. I, I think I, the majority uh, of people. I, I say, as I say this, I, I do qualify. I'm purposely qualifying it by saying I want to believe that, because I don't know if I do, because it, it is mm. really hard to change your personality, um, and to change your um, environment. And those two things are usually required for really fundamental change. Um, and there, there isn't a great support net system in in our in our society in the U.S. for these things. So, yeah, it's. A, I mean, I I would say I do believe people can be rehabilitated but not everyone i mean not everybody wants to yeah exactly that's a that's another key point yeah you have to have it within you yeah um some people just accept that you know i this is what i do this is what i like to do and yes i'm well aware of the potential consequences and i'm still gonna do this um yeah I mean, there is, you know, in Norway, I was thinking about this the other day, they're, um, they're in their prison system, their, their incarceration system, the max sentence, you, they don't have the death penalty at all, and, but the maximum sentence you can give to anybody for any crime is 37 years. And they had a mass shooting event, I, I believe, is it 2010 or no. Oh, on the on the island, right? Yeah, exactly. This like um, sort of right wing extremist uh, nationalist uh, killed a bunch of kids on this island, um, specifically because he had an issue with uh, immigration policy in the U- in the Norwegian government. And he thought it was too permissive, and and he specifically targeted these kids because they were in like a uh, they were college, I think college or high school students who were in like the government group like the group the extracurricular group that you know of kids who are interested in politics and he specifically thought that they were too liberal basically and he didn't want like it was really focused like i don't these is the next generation of politicians who will be making policy 
about immigration, they're probably going right. to go against how I feel. Oh, so uh, yeah, it was some public. kind of like, yeah, like, like, uh, like youth, not youth politician, but like future politicians retreat. It was some kind of retreat yes. for those people in that specific area of interest. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. I'm not, I don't even want to say this guy's name. He's so despicable, but it was, okay. It was in 2011. Um, but in any case, he, he, he killed, you know, it, okay. You can look it up if you want the details. I, I don't even like talking about it to be honest, but the, my point is he got the 37 year sentence. Now he's a young guy, youngish. There is a, there is a, 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 a stipulation though, that at the end of that 37 years, they can be reviewed and they can be assigned to a sentence to another 37 years. So oh. it's a relevant thing. So he, he's never getting out um, of prison. Like, cause that was the big concern. Like when I was reading about this, I was like, wait, 37 years, he's still going to be alive in 37 years. Yeah. They're going to release him. And then <laughs> I read a little bit further into the article and they were like, well, he can be assigned to another 37 years and that can happen indefinitely. So. Oh, okay. So it's 37 after 37. Where'd they come up with 37? I don't know. It's a, it does seem like a random number. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, not, I'm just scratching the surface of, of the Norwegian incarceration system, but they do put a concerted effort uh, in rehabilitating everybody. Uh, there's a great New York Times magazine piece from, uh, I don't know, four or five years ago about this, that if you just Googled New York Times Norwegian prison system, uh, it'll probably come up really interesting um, and really successful. But it's because, the, you know, the state puts a priority on actually taking care of its citizens, even the worst among them, um, and trying to, to make things better overall. Well, our, our U.S. state, without getting too deep into it, does not put as much of a priority on, on those sorts of things. So, um, No. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's okay. So I'll, I'll lighten this up now a little bit. I'll give you one more. I have, <laughs> I have, I have one more. Um, and it's, it's, I wrote down Dominic West cursing at people. And <laughs> I think this is the guy that, so Dominic West is actually like on the set. No, he was cursing in like in his day to day life. He, oh, that, this is this is what it was. <laughs> so he, um, I guess he was just like he was going through a divorce apparently through m most of the shooting of the show, or like the first part of the shooting, and then child child custody issues in the second part of shooting. And he he's based in England, and so he had to be away. He didn't like being away from his daughter, um, so he was just going through shit, and he right. apparently. Apparently they partied a lot, like most of the cast, like the, the cast members who like you would expect to party did, did indeed party a lot <laughs> on set with each other. They developed a friendship. So Dominic was, was in that, in that milieu. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> party boy. So I guess yeah. it was only interesting because he was saying like, you know, you know, I, I, I get road rage sometimes. I think he was specifically saying, like, sometimes I'll curse people out as I'm driving around. But then, like, as my fame started to grow, people would be like, they would say, like, McDonald's? Like, they would, they would recognize him. And that's, that started freaking him out and scaring him because he thought he was going to be reported for something. Reported for the cops and then maybe deported. 
You got to rest up. Report it. You got If you got some bars over there, keep going. Keep going. Reported But then I'm reloaded. People, people need to know me. Uh, what's my name? Nick No. Oh, yeah. But it was just like he was, it was just a really small anecdote where he was cursing people out in the street as he was driving around. And then people were started to recognize him. I think this was in Baltimore and towards the end of the, the series, like in England, too. Like, I don't know what kind of road rage issues this guy has, but if it's happening enough, like, <laughs> you only stop because people started, like, recognizing him as an actor. It's just pretty good. Oh, wow. That is pretty good. I like that a lot. <laughs> oh, man. I can see that. I mean, it was, the show wasn't a huge success um, ever, really. It wasn't ever a huge success. I mean, his profile amongst critics and I guess the general population eventually reached like a good, a good critical mass. But while, I mean, the show ended in 2008 and the f- season four, which is probably the most amazing season of television any any of any show at any point in time in my view uh is season four is what really like people latched onto, and then i guess people watch season five so by then it was fairly popular and then i'd say over the, the subsequent 10 years it became a bit more popular but i don't know it, it'll never be as well watched as like a game of thrones or probably even westworld yeah, probably not. And I remember the part I was reading was season four. It was right before season four. It was the intro to that chapter where David Simon was like basically trying to just trying to convince HBO to get season four and five made. Right. Being like, come on, I got I got this plan. We got these two other places to go. Like we could end it after these guys, you know, Avon and Stringer are done. And that part of the story is pretty much right. done. But these other areas where I want to go. And then they were like, what were they going up against? They were going up against, I think, Desperate Housewives, right? And something else. And they, these were like Radiance Monsters they were going up right. against on Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. Like, and just losing. Yeah, it's weird, though, because HBO doesn't usually compare itself to, like, in ratings to, like, network shows that they shouldn't. I mean, well, I mean, everything's different now, but, you know, back then... But except for the fact that Sopranos was such a monster hit that it you could kind of put it toe to toe with with a network show in the same time slot. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that between season three and four, like HBO, techni- technically they had canceled the show. Like people were released from the contracts. Um, people started doing other the actors started doing other stuff. Like he spent like the two years intervening. Trying to convince HBO to give him the last two seasons, and it, it eventually worked, like against all odds. Um, it was pretty interesting, like, and he and he was able to get everyone to come back, pretty much, pretty much every actor. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting, McNulty, his character in season four was is downplayed quite a bit in comparison to the the first three seasons and that's specifically because he had to be convinced to come back uh and he wanted to spend more time with his daughter in england so he was like look okay i don't want to i don't want to have to do that much 
because I want to be able to spend time with my daughter. So if you can sort of schedule, if you can sort of work the shooting schedule around me and and my my schedule, uh, I'll come back. But I don't want to have to do all the heavy lifting. And and then like when interviewing, being interviewed for this book, he's like kicking himself because he's like, damn, that's the most well-regarded season of the whole series. (laughs) Of course, that's the one that I have to like downplay for. And I think part of like another part of that agreement to get him to come back was like I he's like I want to direct an episode too, and he and he did direct uh, an episode in season five. Um, mm. but apparently, he was like he was like once he started getting into it, he was like, oh shit, I have to tell these a- other actors who I've been working with for a long time and am friends with, I now have to boss them around, and these are all like like the the actor who played Bunk and and the one who. Um, played uh freeman were really right. and and daniels really really seasoned actors like took like really serious about their craft and all this um prop joe as well um uh and he's he like once he got on set he became immediately like really intimidated by them because <laughs> they, they were kind of fucking with him a little bit uh but he's like oh shit i because because the director the director's main job is to tell the actors how to deliver their lines, basically. Right. So he was like, like, can you imagine giving orders to like, 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 I don't know. I don't even know what, what a corollary would be for me. It would be like, I don't know. It was anyway, he was just intimidated by it. And I mean, it worked out. Yeah, I mean, uh, which I, episode? Which, I guess I, I have to look it up. I, I can look it up. I want to say but. it was the episode where Prop Joe is murdered in the end by Marlo. Oh. Like Marlo sort of orchestrates over the course of the episode his um, his murder. That's, that's right. He learns all these lessons from Prop Joe, and then at the end, he just takes him out. He's like, I got all the intel I need from you now. Thank you very much for that. Uh, close your eyes, and then my buddy's going to shoot you. That's Marlo for you. (laughs) That is Marlo for you. Vroom, vroom. Yeah, that's right. Marlo's on that vroom, vroom. Um, So anyway, I do have a couple more, but I'll save them for for next time. We'll we'll try to get get that in. Definitely we will get to the Have That Been Me with Wire Scenes. I have some really good ones lined up. Um, But we should be wrapping up the episode now any any closing thoughts Anything um Cavs are playing Cavs are playing Westworld premieres tonight um right. have you been watching those extended trailers no I I watched I watched one of the main trailers and I was like because I've been on the fence about getting back into it uh, yeah I just remember, as I think back about watching season one, I remember being kind of stressed out about <laughs> about the episodes, <laughs> trying to figure out what was going on. It was, a, was it like, was a stressful show. I'm like, do I really want to get back into that? Because I I didn't feel like the payoff was really worth it mm. at the very end. I don't know. I probably will. Okay, but what well, I have I been enjoying it is I just like the music in the in the trailers. That's all I was gonna say. Oh yeah, they did a Nirvana cover. It's a Nirvana cover. I think there's a uh, there's a Kanye cover and another one. Oh really? Was it like it was, a slow, uh, slow piano cover version? I believe it was Runaway. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, now I gotta 
reconsider. That was the first one I saw, and I was like, "Oh shit, what's the guy happening here?" Oh, oh, yeah, what do they have happening there? <laughs> yeah, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I'm gonna watch it. I mean, I like it. I don't know. Last season was frustrating though, but I don't know. I think people like those shows where they have to try and figure out what's happening. People like people like getting into it. They're like, "Who is the man in black? Who's black hat? Yeah. Oh, it's this, is that?" You know. So. Yeah, I mean, I will say like I, I that's I think that's what stressed me out is like because I got into all that shit as well, and I definitely spent probably a lot more time on Reddit reading about this than because Reddit Reddit had the shit figured out like by episode six, like the two key things about the man in black being an older version of uh, McBoyle right. and and also Bernard being a um being a robot. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, oh. so but I don't that's a lot that's a lot to deal with. <laughs> you sound stressed out when like, thinking about it. You're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's see. What else? Anything else? Sports? What do you think the Cavs are going to win tonight? Game Game four? I don't know. I hope so. Um, don't want to talk. They talk, have not looked talk good. Talk series loss in, into existence. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're going to win. They're winning. Right. Okay. I'm gonna talk yeah. that into existence. <laughs> yeah, take that <laughs> universe. <laughs> um. Yeah, but that's it. I don't think anything is else we got happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, for our next recording, I'll have some. I should have some. Some gems from uh, for the for, uh, maybe a trifling in Columbus seg- segment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're gonna be trifling for sure. <laughs> uh, seems it seems like a, a light, decent likelihood there. Um, you have to you have to make sure to keep a food diary. I want to hear about all of the trash <laughs> you're gonna eat. <laughs> oh man, I I am really looking forward to Donato's pizza and and i think and also hound dogs pizza no, I oh think, hound dogs i think it's still around. Um, i think so too and i think they got some kind of barcade type thing up up near the hound dogs too i've been i've been doing i've been looking into some of the new shit around <laughs> high, high street around campus look at you doing some research before you go <laughs> that's right that's good that's good that's you're gonna be ready yeah, or is Columbus gonna be ready? That's the question. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm coming through make that him, like McCulty. Yeah, the make him remember you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Dominic West, the fucking Mustang convertible, three minute people. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about you right away. I don't give a fuck about you right away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's good. All right, then. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Mr. Lewis at gmail.com.
Bye.